Do sneaker companies traffic in class warfare to help sell sneakers? We'll break it down this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. As always, this is Matt Freights, your host. You can call me Matty Ice. You can call me the Iceman. I don't really care what you call me. I'm just very, very happy that you are here, and I hope that this finds you safe, happy, healthy. We are into the month of February, the second month of the year so far. 2023 is already a month down. It's amazing to think about that. Last week, we detoured a little bit and I talked a little bit about whether sneaker companies really care about their consumers. And I thought about it in terms of how we are investing our money. A lot of times we are complaining about the L's that we are taking in the sneaker game. And really, there are a lot of them because as we know, there are a ton of sneaker releases that take place on a week to week basis. And then if you think about how many sneakers come out in a given month, times that by 12 months out of the year, we're putting a lot of our dollars or intending to put a lot of our dollars into these sneaker companies. And I asked if maybe we should be reinvesting that money in a different way. Nike, Adidas, Puma, Yeezy, it doesn't matter. All of these companies are making a ton of money off of us, the sneaker heads, because they know at the end of the day, we're gonna put our hard earned money into their companies, whether we should be doing that or not. And do they really care if we overextend to buy their products? Recent announcements have really kind of had me shifting my mentality about what I wanted to do with this show. A little bit of a peek behind the curtain, I generally tend to plan out episodes pretty far in advance because I wanna be able to keep that content train rolling and I wanna be able to stay fresh and not necessarily do what everybody else is doing. I think it's very, very popular these days to do the same thing, to have heat, to review heat, have the shoes that are coming out now, and I understand that that's what a lot of people want. But at the end of the day, I need to make sure that the content serves me who I am as an individual. And I think that if at the end of the day, I feel very good about the content that I am putting out, that you, the listener, will also feel good in kind. And some of the announcements that came out made me think of something, and it really asked a fundamental question of myself and therefore of sneaker culture. Do the sneaker companies really care who buys their product or does it really matter that they are just bought? Where is this coming from, you're probably asking. Well, athletes and celebrities have always been the biggest influencers in sneakers. And I know today being a social media influencer or being an influencer in general is really sort of a buzz term. What does it really mean to influence? Technically, at the end of the day, through this podcast, I probably am an influencer in some way. I'm not hawking some shoes. I'm not reviewing sneakers that I'm telling you to go out and buy. But I think by extension, if you're somebody who maybe is on the fence about sneakers and you listen to this podcast, you might feel like you want to be a part of it. And last week was sort of a deviation from that because I sort of I questioned whether we should be as invested in sneakers as we are. And this is kind of a continuation of that. Social media always showcases these people. I'm talking about athletes and celebrities, and these are the people that are wearing the most hype sneakers. If you are a follower of Complex's Instagram account, you probably see all of the sneakers that they highlight in the tunnel walks for the NBA. You see it in the NFL. We're going to see it during other sports seasons. Whenever celebrities and athletes are wearing sneakers that are the highest buzz sneakers in the community right now or have been in the last couple of years, we freak out about it. 
it makes it so that we want these sneakers. And when I brought this show back, I did an episode about what is hype. That's really what hype is, isn't it? When we see other people wearing these shoes, we think, man, I've got to have this because so-and-so is wearing this and it's obviously a hot commodity. It's a hot shoe in the sneaker game. And we as collectors, we as wearers, and we as sneakerheads want to be a part of that game 100% full stop. It doesn't really matter. But when you stop and think about the people that are highlighting these shoes or the people that are a part of these posts that are highlighting these shoes, they're athletes and they're celebrities and they're influencers. And who are those people? Those are the people that are in the top 1% in terms of financial positions in this country and around the world. They have way more disposable income than you or I. Maybe you are listening to this right now and you're one of the people who has a shitload of disposable income. And if you do, God bless you. I don't have the kind of disposable income that would allow me to have all of the hype sneakers that I want. And if you really think about it, sneakers are kind of treated very differently than a lot of other commodities. Let's take cars, for example. I think we all know if you're somebody who is a car person or not, you have to own a car or you should probably own a car if you're going to be driving to a job or you want to get from point A to point B. A car is one of the best ways of transportation in order to get people to where they need to go. And if you need to get to work, you need to get to hospital and emergency, a car with four wheels and a steering wheel is going to get you there. But we all know that all cars are not created equal. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that a Honda is the same thing as a BMW or a Mercedes. And the funny part about that is you never really see Hondas and Mercedes in the same lot. You're not going to go to a car salesman unless I guess it's a used car salesman. But let's just take your big time dealerships and you're looking for a brand new car. If you go to a Mercedes dealership and ask where their Honda Accords are, they're going to laugh at you because Mercedes is in a completely different class than a Honda. It's in a completely different class than a Nissan or a Toyota, Hyundai, whatever. And that's the thing. We, the consumer, know where our price points are. It's not easy to obtain a car that is well out of our price range, and we're not going to be able to just overextend ourselves in order to do so because many, many people have to take out a loan in order to own a car. It's just sort of a reality of the situation. And if you don't have to take out a loan to own a car, either you're buying a car that is very, very cheap, or you have this kind of disposable income in which this is not really the conversation that applies to you right now. But if you think about sneaker culture, the way that it's marketed in terms of social media and the way that it is marketed just in terms of sneaker marketing, all shoes are sort of created equal. But if you look at their price points and their retail prices, not all shoes are created equal. However, here's the thing about it, though. When you talk about cars, a Mercedes is built very, very differently than a Honda is. A Honda is for practicality. A Mercedes is a performance vehicle. It's a luxury performance vehicle. The parts are much different. They are put together in a different way. You have to maintain those cars in a different way. A Honda is very much a practical piece of equipment. You are getting that car because it is affordable, it's practical for your lifestyle and your budget, and it's going to be reliable and get you to point A to point B. No one is ever going to say that a Honda Accord is a status symbol. If you own a Mercedes, it is really a status symbol. Whether you want it to be or not, that's what it is. So not every car is created equal. And the reason that the prices of these cars are so different is because the quality is different. Again, if you're buying a Honda Accord, it should not cost the same as a Mercedes. But when you're talking about sneakers, to me, sneakers as an item are all the same. Really, it's a combination of leather, 
stitching, some rubber, and some insulation, and there you go. And really the combination of the color of these materials, the color of these stitching, the way that it's put together, very rarely are you going to create a sneaker that would warrant that kind of an investment. And I'm talking about thousands of dollars. If you go to Foot Locker, you're gonna see different types of shoes, but they're all relatively going to be in the same range. You're not gonna see a $10,000 retail shoe sitting at Foot Locker, because really, all these shoes to me are the same. When you talk about designer shoes, yes, I realize that the materials are probably a little bit better, the quality, the craftsmanship may be a little bit better, but at the end of the day, it's the kind of commodity that you are going to put on your feet and walk around in. You're going to wear them. There is no way that they are going to be able to sustain that kind of pristine look all the time. It's more of a practical item. And while today we do collect it, and while today sneakers are obviously a commodity that warrants a lot of hype, I don't necessarily think that sneakers have this sort of tiered approach. And I think that plays into the idea that we can all afford these sneakers. So some of the announcements that have come out, the one that has been making the most rounds, in my opinion, is the new Tiffany Air Force One. And I'm talking about Tiffany, the jeweler. Air Force Ones, ironically, are a shoe that have been around for ages. And to me, they are the workhorse of the Nike line. You might be able to argue that the Jordan brand is, but I think Jordan brand just has way too much backing behind it. There are so many different Jordans that, yeah, of course they're gonna be the main moneymaker, but I'm talking about Air Force Ones have not really changed over the 40 something years that they have been out. So for Tiffany to put their design elements on it, automatically it heightens it to a level that I think sort of prices a lot of people out. The retail price of these shoes is going to be $400. Maybe to you $400 doesn't sound like a lot of money, but if you think about the average sneaker collector or the average sneaker head, let's take collectors out of it because they probably have more money. The average sneaker buyer, the people that go on the sneakers app every single weekend trying to get some type of a win who maybe just want to wear these sneakers, $400. How many people have $400 that they can use in an emergency? Do a lot of people have that? I think if you look at the statistics in this country, the average American doesn't have that. So if the average sneakerhead is spending $400 on a pair of Air Force Ones that are not fundamentally different than any other pair of Air Force Ones that have ever come out, especially the collabs, it begs the question, should we be buying those sneakers? Are they actually worth $400? The other announcement on the back end of that this week has been there's going to be a Jordan 1 release, which there have been hundreds and hundreds of Jordan 1 releases. This one is going to command a $1,500 price tag. Why? Why is that the case? The other Jordan 1 that comes to mind when you talk about high prices is the Dior Jordan 1 that came out ironically during the pandemic, June of 2020. Think about where we were in June of 2020. How many people listening to this were still working? How many people were out of a job? How many people in June of 2020 still felt very uncertain about the way that the world was? And imagine, imagine spending $2,000 on a sneaker. Again, I understand that the quality and the materials are different than any run-of-the-mill Jordan 1. But $2,000, think about what you could do with $2,000. If somebody just handed you two grand, you could put that towards so many different better uses in your lifetime. And those shoes, while maybe an investment and while maybe you might be able to get something on the resale market, you're still gonna have to fork out that $2,000 right then. We've seen a lot of other high fashion designers come out with regular old sneakers, Prada Adidas, Gucci has been out there, the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones. Again, there's Air Force Ones, it's so funny. And I understand that the Louis Vuitton Ones are inspired by Virgil Abloh's vision, and Virgil has had a huge influence on the sneaker game. I totally understand that. But we're talking about $4,000 for some of these. These are Air Force Ones, again, understood. Louis Vuitton products have high quality, the highest quality leather you could possibly imagine. 
at the end of the day, no matter what the case may be, you're going to put those on your feet and wear them the same exact way that you're gonna wear a $90 crisp white Air Force One. It's just the way that it is. And that has actually brought into play this rep game. Now, I'm somebody who has trafficked in both reps and retails, and I do not and will not condone either one. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you want to live your life. If you love sneakers, you love sneakers, period. But I think that the way that the sneaker game has become, and I'm talking about just retail prices for some of these shoes, the rep game has now made it even more affordable to be able to have some of these shoes. And I understand as well, these shoes are not made at the same way. These shoes are not made with the same level of craftsmanship and quality as you're going to get from Dior themselves. I do understand that. But that affordability of reps has allowed people to believe that they should be having these pairs. And I kind of wonder to myself how this has all come about. Because again, sneakers themselves are all the same. If you think about them as an item and as a commodity, they are all the same. There's nothing that really differentiates the Jordan 1 Dior from the Jordan 1 Chicago, outside of, again, slightly better material. But at the end of the day, it's still a shoe. It still serves the same purpose. It is not like a Mercedes and a Honda. And yet the rep game has come into play and has really kind of brought upon this idea of, well, if you can't afford them, you shouldn't have them. But what we're not asking is the fundamental question of, should we even be trying to afford them? Should these sneakers be lumped into all the other sneakers that come out? Should Complex and Sneaker News and Sneaker Bar Detroit all be posting about these and these releases to the average sneakerhead? And I get it, they're trying to get clicks and they're trying to be in the news and they're trying to be at the forefront of sneaker news and all that good stuff, I understand that. But at the end of the day, the person who is watching these accounts is probably your average sneakerhead. And are they really going to try to go after a $400 pair of Air Force Ones just because? Again, $400 isn't life-changing money, but it actually might be to a lot of people who are trafficking in sneakers. There's a lot of people who are in the sneaker game who should not be in the sneaker game. And again, I'm not gonna pass judgment on anybody, but it goes down to the fundamental question of whether these sneaker companies actually care about us. Do they care about whether we make sound decisions with our money? Much of the rep game comes about because of resale prices, not necessarily retail prices. And the other thing that happens with the rep game is it comes down to availability. Most people go to reps because they cannot get the shoes that they want at retail price and they do not want to pay resale prices. I'm actually taking resale prices out of here. Obviously, if the retail price is too high for you, the resale price is probably going to be even higher. And so making a sound decision with your money should be based off of the retail price here. I mean, even think about when Michael Jordan got in trouble for his famous comment of Republicans wear sneakers too. The reason he was asked about this was because sneakers prior to the Air Jordan had become a symbol for the kind of communities that did not get resources and seemed to be forgotten by all of society. And Air Jordans were pricing these people out of these sneakers and these sneakers had become a symbol. They were a seminal moment in their lives to say, this is our culture that has been appropriated and really spit on for centuries. And Michael Jordan didn't care because he just wanted them to sell. Nike just wanted them to sell. And really, is any sneaker worth that asking price? I'm not sure. And again, I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money. But if we can make a different decision, if we can take $400 on really what is, what looks like to me, a run-of-the-mill Air Force One, you're not gonna convince me that that Tiffany Air Force One is somehow going to be so vastly different than an Air Force One that I could design myself on Nike by you, that it's worth $400. Now, let me be clear. I can afford that $400 if I really wanted to but I don't want to. I'm gonna take that $400 and either buy multiple pairs of something else that's more practical, or I'm gonna spend it on something else completely different. 
maybe my son's birthday party, maybe my birthday celebration, or maybe just something that enhances my life in a different way. There's so many ways that I could use $400. And at the end of the day, I ask you two fundamental questions. Should sneakers be marketed like all other goods? Or should we have different marketing approaches the way that cars do their different marketing? I can tell you one thing, even though I could afford a BMW, I don't see a lot of BMW ads on my television because I think at the end of the day, they know that I'm not going to spend that money. So why should I be seeing ads for the Dior Jordan 1 or the Tiffany Air Force 1 or any of these other high fashion regular sneaker collabs that are not a Louis Vuitton exclusive that is a $7,000 shoe or what have you? And the other question is, should sneaker social media take into account affordability? Should they think about their end user? Should they think that, hey, we are marketing and showing these things to the average sneakerhead and maybe the average sneakerhead should have a little bit more practicality in their life. If you want to get in touch with me to answer those questions, find me on Instagram at firefootwearpod is the handle for this show. You can find the show on Facebook. Just search firefootwear, a sneaker podcast. You'll find the show there on Twitter. Two handles at firefootwearpod is the handle for this show. And at Maddie Ice Freights is the handle for me personally. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, if you're listening on Apple and Spotify, don't forget to follow and rate. Please visit the Maddie Ice Media Network to support all the other podcasts that we have, including political football, which will be a part of, if you're a sports fan, the big game pre-show Bedlam, which will be a live show, Super Bowl Sunday, February 12th, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. It'll be three shows, one hour apiece, one network. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be live. And I hope that you tune in. I thank you for tuning in this week. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that this finds you safe. And I hope that you are living your best life. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for continuing to support this show. And as always, I will see you all next week. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.